Welcome back to Informed and Inflamed, where we seek to inform our minds with truth in order to inflame our hearts with love for God and neighbor. I'm Brad Owens, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another episode. We are making good progress through this series called God's Big Story. We've been walking through the Cracker Jack acronym that summarizes that big story. And in this episode, we'll look at the letter C in Jack, which stands for Comprehensive Teaching. This includes all of the letters in the New Testament that were addressed to churches so that they might grow up into the fullness of Christ and navigate life in such a way as to glorify God in the midst of it all. I remember in college when final exams came around, one question all of us students would ask was, is the final exam comprehensive? If it was comprehensive, that meant it covered everything we had learned throughout the entire semester. If the professor said the exam was going to be comprehensive, we all groaned because that meant it would cover much more material. The option we all wanted was to have a final exam that only covered the material we had learned since the last exam. So sometimes something being comprehensive is bad, but other times it is very good. In the Bible, we have comprehensive teaching, and this is a very good thing. The Bible is comprehensive in two ways. It's comprehensive in that it seeks to transform our whole persons. The personal transformation it brings into our lives is holistic. It speaks into every aspect of who we are, head, heart, and hands. The Bible is also comprehensive in that it speaks into every dimension of human life. It has something to say about how we live as students and parents and children and friends and employees and so much more. Another way to capture these two ways the scriptures are comprehensive is to say this. God, through his word, seeks to influence all of us and all of life. So the personal change God brings into our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit affects all of us. God's Word speaks into how we use our words, what we do with our wallets, and who or what we choose to worship. It addresses our desires, our thoughts, our deepest longings, our hurts, how we respond in relationships, and to the troubles we experience in life. The Word of God is given to us as spiritual nourishment to grow us up into the fullness of who we are in Christ. Our entire selves are changed and transformed as sin is continually purified out of our hearts and the glorious fruit of the Spirit is gradually produced within us. God's Word also addresses all of life. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever we do, there is a way to do it for the glory of God. From the ordinary to the extraordinary, and from the mundane to the momentous, God desires that we do it all out of love for God and a longing to bring Him glory. In Scripture, we learn one of the most foundational and all-embracing statements we will ever encounter, and that is that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord means that Jesus is King. And he is king over absolutely everything. Nothing is outside of his dominion. He is the rightful king over all things, and he is ruling and will rule as the king of grace 
and the King of Righteousness throughout the rest of history and on into eternity. Psalm 115 verse 3 says, Our God is in the heavens, and He does all that He pleases. And in Job 42 verse 2, Job confesses, says to God, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. These things are true of Christ's rule as the crucified, risen, ascended, and enthroned King of salvation. He is renewing all things even now, but we await the full realization of this cosmic renewal until the end of history. What this means for us, though, is that God has something to say about parenting, economics, business, education, sexuality, government, taxation, public justice, and all sorts of other society-wide issues. Knowing this ought to deepen and develop a deeper hunger in our hearts to know what God says about these things so that we can work toward change in these areas. As Christians, we believe that God's ways are good for humanity, and the more God's ways are implemented in the world, the more true human flourishing there will be. Of course, legislation and public policy can't change human hearts, so we want to keep the main thing the main thing, but these things still matter. Henry Van Til once said that politics are downstream from culture. No matter how much legislation that aligns with God's Word is passed, if the culture is rotten to the core, it is only a matter of time until the cultural heart of a nation is teased out in ungodly laws and policies. So again, we must remember that every person's greatest need is to have their sins forgiven and their hearts changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only as more and more people in a society are transformed by the grace of Jesus will any lasting societal change come about. But as Christians who love people and desire to see God's righteous laws bring health and wholeness here on earth, we do seek to bring God's word to bear on all of life, including our life together as a society. Like we pray so often in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This should be every Christian's desire that the kingdom of God and His will would be done here on earth. We should long to see God's kingdom come into our schools, into our neighborhoods, into our local, state, and federal governments, and most of all, into the hearts and lives of those around us. And the point we are considering in this episode, comprehensive teaching, reminds us of the importance of discipleship that is deliberate and comprehensive in scope. We should long to see new believers thoroughly discipled in how to walk with Christ and how to work toward a better world that is aligned with the good ways of God revealed to us in Scripture. It should also make us eager to know what God's Word has to say about all areas of life, especially ones that we don't often hear very much preaching on. What does God say about economics? What does He think about socialism and capitalism? What does He think about government welfare? or where the boundaries of governmental authority should end. Now, I'm not trying to suggest that the answers to these questions are simple. In fact, some of them are quite complicated and great nuance is needed. Nuance and careful distinctions need to be made in so many of our cultural conversations, and sadly, they are sorely lacking. And neither does the Bible answer every question we could pose to it as directly as we'd like. Sometimes we have to do some very careful studying, and we need to look at what the church throughout the past 2,000 years has said on various topics. 
Scripture is our ultimate authority, but church history is a subsidiary but incredibly valuable help as well. What I care about is believers understanding that Scripture speaks into far more than we often realize. There are so many riches to be mined from God's Word, and we neglect them to our own peril. I personally have been amazed as I've read books like John Frame's The Doctrine of the Christian Life, his ethics book, or Wayne Grudem's book called Politics According to the Bible. God's Word speaks into so much of human life, and we have neglected it for far too long. May God give us a deep, deep hunger to know His Word and to see it applied to every dimension of human existence. And may God be glorified as we embark on this monumental task. May we keep the gospel central in our worship, our work, and our witness, but may we not neglect to mind Scripture for all it's worth as we pray as our Lord taught us to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Well, that's it for this episode of Informed and Aflame. Thanks again so much for joining me, and I look forward to connecting with you again next time.